Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to His Call My Purpose. This is part two of fear over faith or faith over fear. Um, I believe the first statement I said fear over faith is where we tend to live, but we should have faith over fear. Um, and I'll read the scripture text in which I keep referring to, and it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is the New King James Version, and it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. God, the creator, the one who has created everything, the one who has created us in his image, did not give us the spirit of fear. So why do we camp out? Why do we wade in the water? Why do we vacation in seasons of fear? And it says that he does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. Do you realize power and of love and of a sound mind? That means you have the strength, you have the mindset, and you have love behind that. So it's not all willy nilly. It's not created to hurt you. So why do we stand in a position of fear over our faith? And what came to mind was, have you ever seen or if you have children from the time they are become aware and they become curious and I will say give or take because um, this is my perception of what I've seen because I don't have any children uh, biological children um, I would say from about the age of crawling to the age of about two children have no fear absolutely none absolutely none and i'll define why i kind of stop at the age of two they have absolutely none they will touch anything they will climb over anything they will keep climbing hoping that the end of the couch is still there and keep going they will fall get back on that couch and do the repeat the same thing it's like they do not sense fear it's something either caught their attention or something that they're trying to do and they're focused on that one thing and they're not worried about the consequences of that one thing. They've got one target in mind, whether it's a toy, whether it's I'm moving and I'm excited about this movement and they have no fear. Now I'll say, and I said absolutely no fear. Now, I'm not saying they won't cry when they fall off the couch and they, they bump their little heads or, or hurt their, you know, hurt. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the, the awareness of fear did not stop them from doing that. Whereas I say two years old because we as adults tend to start saying between the ages of one and two, no, stop, don't back up and when they do fall off that couch or that chair or we react and they look at us and say wait 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 something's wrong 
<laughs> look at my mom's face. Look at my dad's face. Look at my auntie's face. Look at the babysitter's face. I did something or something happened. So now I've got to figure out how do I counteract their reaction. And I'm not saying that when we tell our kids no, again, if a child is heading toward the stove and they're going to touch the hot stove or going to touch fire, immediately we should be telling them no hot, no, don't touch. That's not what I'm saying. But it's that reactive fear that now they've learned. So they've learned when I do that, they do this and upon their reaction or their facial expression or their vo voice or their tones, something's not right. And they'll learn, wait, mommy said, when she looks like that, when I touch the stove, that's bad. So when she looks like that and I fall on the floor, they, get, be, they begin to say that look equates to this. And they're learning fear. They're learning, wait, what equals what? And of course, at one, two, one, two years old, they're not learning faith, but they're learning. They can be learning trust to equate that trust to faith, because there's a lot of times where we'll say stop. No, but we don't explain why. Do you get what I'm saying? And I believe sometimes if we I've seen it because I've seen it in different learning styles where if the child's not and I hate to say that where if the child's not bleeding or unconscious or you saw the fall and you know that they fell on some pillows or they fell and you don't react, the child will get up and keep going. Right. I've seen that. Or when a child is trying to learn how to, you know, play with their toys and they're learning how to walk and they topple oval and they bump their little head, but it's not on something sharp. It's not on something hard. If they look at you and you react, then they cry. And some babies, when you don't, they don't cry. They just get on back up and keep going. Um, so again, they learn from us. They learn from our behavior. They learn from my response. Now, don't I, I am not saying I have done a study and I've done a, I am a scientist on this. No, what I'm saying is perception. And I say too, because that's when we start verbally telling them, no, stop this. Now there is now from two to five, there are some children that still have not learned or experienced the, the emotion or um, state of fear because they will still climb into the tree, go swinging on a little bitty tree. They'll break their arm. And as soon as their arm is healed, they're back up in that same tree. Young people have a different perspective of fear than when we become older outside of high school or high school. Um, sometimes fear takes precedent when it has such a painful, negative attachment to it, a heartbreak, a really bad fall, a loss, um, a broken friendship, um, distance between those that we love. When you have those, when you have things like that and you attach other things to them, that's where I believe that fear begins as we mature and we grow up. Fear takes on a stronger um, position in our life than our faith. Because we always ask, why this? And we should realize that our life is not going to be perfect. That is why scripture reminds us 
of what we are capable of or what we have access to or what we are made out of because it knows that we of self are going to forget and we're going to rely on what's instant and what we can tangibly feel versus what the spirit. And he says, fear is a spirit. It's a, he is not giving you that spirit of fear. So it didn't come from him. So when fear kicks in, don't blame him for the fear because he didn't give it to you. It's not God. We can't, we tend to blame God for things that he didn't give us. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if in my mind, I read that scripture, if he didn't give me the spirit of fear, but the spirit of fear comes upon me, then I need to use the power that God gave me, the sound mind that God gave me, and the love that God gave me to fight the spirit of fear. So right there, he gave you the tools in which you will need to fight the spirit. Because the scripture also says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities. So he's already said, I know it's going to come because it's one of those spirits that he did not give it, give you, but you wrestle against. But I've given you these things so that you can fight that. But when we encounter the spirit of fear, how often do we run to God? How often do we tap into God? How often do we tap into what he has given us to battle the spirit of fear? I believe that we as mankind, we're good for blaming. We're good for taking what has happened to us, whether we caused it, whether we allow it, whether we walk into it and blaming something or someone else. Go back and think about all the times where you were fearful. And what happened in those times? How did you react in those times? See, if you don't root yourself, and this is not a negative thing, but if you are not rooted or if you don't try to stay rooted or if you don't learn to stay rooted in the word of God and in what God has said, when things happen to you, you're not going to go to those things. You're going to go to the last thing that you remember how to handle a situation or something that comes up against you. Point being, if Let's say, let me give you just a, a, just a simple um, example. If you have plants in your house and you, you tend to take care of your plants, you give them the plant food, you water them according to what, you make sure they get the sunlight and all that. And if time goes on and your plants start dying, you start going back to the last thing you did to care for them that they were healthy because you remember what you've done. You've remembered what you've given them to provide that healthy environment. The same thing to me kind of flips and applies to your walk in your faith. What was the last thing you learned? What was the last thing God told you? What was the last thing? And if you're not constantly getting the, the nutrients and the food and the water and the, the attention that you need to stay alive, what's going to happen? You're going to wither away and die. 
Maybe not necessarily a physical death, but a spiritual death. And so that's where we have to stand on our faith, stand and and rise above because he's given you what you need. But it's like taking the authority and living in that. I I, I don't want to lose you guys on this and I don't want to get too churchy per se, but I want you to understand that just like plants need more than one thing, they need the soil in order for the roots to go into. They need the water in order to grow. They need the sunlight in order to grow. And they and if you give too much, you can kill them. And if you give too little, you can kill them. Does that make sense? And don't look at that and say, well, if I get too much scripture and if I get too much um, of the word, then I'm going to wither away and die. But it means that there are times where you could be get bombarded, bombarded with information and um, content that you're not able to absorb it all. That's how I would take an overload of information with regards to scriptural texts, to biblical Bible studies, to walking in your faith. You can get so overwhelmed by it that it that you're like, okay, I can't handle anymore. I don't want anymore. I've got too much overload. I don't understand what you're giving me. You're giving it me to me too soon. That's what over to me overloading somebody. Because you look at your friend and your friend is constantly doing X, Y, Z to build their faith. They're constantly doing X, Y, Z and they're, they're growing in the word. And you think, okay, well then I need to do it that way. That's where we need to stop. Because when we look at fear and faith, everybody's faith walk is different. Everybody's level and exp- and, and explanation or um, character of fear is different. You're not going to be fearful of the same things that I'm fearful of. You're not going to be fearful of your sisters. You could be living in the same house. Your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, your grandmother. You're not going to be fearful of the same things. So why look at our faith walk as I got? I have to be exactly like a carbon copy of so-and-so. And again, the spirit of fear is not given to us by God. It's given to us by someone who wants to distract you. It's allowed into your life by someone who wants to deter you from God. They want you to not think of God. They want you to discount God. They want you to discount the words. They want to place something versus. So basically, if you have faith and you're walking in your faith, they want to take your eyes off of your faith and distract you with the fears, the what ifs, the controversy. Um, This is, you know, again, like Adam and Eve, it wasn't fear, but what he did was he took his, their eyes off of God. Well, he doesn't want you to eat this because you'll become more like him, knowing both good and evil. And if it had been me, I would say, oh, well, I'm not eating it. I'm going to go over here to this tree. And that would, that would not have, t- I, okay, me who I am now, that would not have tempted me. If you come to me saying that if you do X, Y, Z, you'll be like so-and-so, I'd be like, mm, well, guess I'm not supposed to be like so-and-so. Thank you. Move on. But there are some people who want to be like influencers. They want to be like those they see on social media. They want to be like people that they see in the magazines. So they'll do what it takes and sacrifice their faith for what they want or feel that they need to achieve. So just remember, I would challenge us to go back to when we were younger. 
not to not to go back in 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 um, knowledge, but remember when we were younger, or remember when we saw our children, and they were not fearful of anything. And trust God as He moves you in your purpose, and live out your your purpose in faith, and watch Him miraculously work things, move it, move them out the way. Live in the power, live in the love and the sound mind that He has given you. Real talk. Real life.